Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Boer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. What's up, my loves? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. Julie here, and I'm excited because it's a Tuesday, and I don't know. I just have no reason to be excited today other than the fact that I am alive, I am well, I am healthy. It's a good day to be alive, and we gon' get it, okay? I'm really pumped because I was at the gym this morning, and I had a guy friend of mine ask me a question about what my coaching entailed. He's like, what is it that you actually help women do? And I thought this would be a really cool thing to share on the podcast because I know sometimes you can only gather so much information from what I talk about on the podcast, what I talk about on my social media, on my Instagram, and maybe you're thinking the same thing. Maybe you're like, what the heck does Julie actually do? She talks about this eight-week nutrition mentorship, but what does it actually include? Is it just a meal plan? Is it just her doing weekly check-ins? Like, what the heck is it? And I wanted to talk about it today because whether you decide to sign up for coaching with me or not. That's not the intention of this podcast. The intention is so that you can take away something from this episode and start to apply it in your own life, right? Because it's one thing to learn information. It's a completely new game-changing thing to apply the information you're learning. And maybe you can see how I've created and tailored my coaching process and how it's evolved over the years so that you can take the things and see my journey in yourself. And you're like, you know what? That's exactly where I am right now. That's a great idea. Maybe that's the first step I can take is doing X, Y, Z, whatever you find helpful in this podcast. So in my eight-week coaching program, it's called a nutrition mentorship, but I really like to refer to it as a lifestyle makeover because we take an audit of your whole entire life. What kind of content are you consuming? What does your home look like? Is there a bunch of clutter all up in your car, all up in your house, all up in your closet? Who are you following on social media? And are those people making you feel good about yourself? And of course, we get into the very practical elements of what it actually means to eat well and use what I like to call intuitive eating with light structure. So if you want more information about my style of eating or my tips with intuitive eating and light structure, then I did two podcasts about that. So I'll link those in the show notes below. But essentially my philosophy when it comes to my style of eating is just a normal style of eating. I don't like to use labels, but I would say what I prescribe to myself and my clients is most closely resembling intuitive eating because I don't like to put people on a specific meal plan or on specific macros simply because I think it lends itself to too much obsession. And the goal of my coaching is to clear up all of the mental space that's consumed by food and your body and obsessing over how much you're eating, when you're eating, what you look like in the mirror, all of those things and clear space, clear all that mental space so that you have time and energy for all the things you really love in your life, your family, your career, your relationships, and just having a damn good life, which you can't do if you're constantly thinking about food or your body. So my style of eating essentially goes through the foundation of what it means to eat intuitively with light structure. You guys know I talk about GPF all the dang time, but that's because it is the thing that has helped me learn how to eat mostly whole foods and 
then incorporate treats here and there as a plus one. So we always go through and we always start with what it actually means to eat well and to honor your body through your nutrition because that's the foundation of things, right? I love the idea of intuitive eating, but if you are intuitively eating donuts or you are overweight and your blood sugar is out of balance and all of these hormonal things are going on with your body and you're eating sugar and you're consuming sugar, you actually become addicted to certain types of foods and certain ways of eating and the portion sizes you're eating and those things become habits, right? So when you try to transition from dieting to intuitive eating, it's too much of a gap. It's like you're swinging from one end of the spectrum, one extreme, all the way to the other end. So if you look at a chart, you would see extreme dieting and counting macros and calculating your calories. That's on one end. And then completely people just try to swing all the way to the other end of that chart and go straight to intuitive eating and just trying to trust their body and doing whatever the heck they want. And from my personal experience, because I've been on both ends of those spectrum, if you want to listen to my story, I put it, I think it was the first episode, but I'll link that below in the show notes as well. I spent so much time swinging from one end of the pendulum to the other. So I would be super restrictive and then I would binge eat and intuitive eat. And I would try so hard. I tried so many times so hard to just intuitively eat and figure out what that actually meant and listen to my body. But if you've been dieting, you've spent years and years and years not trusting your body, not understanding what your hunger and fullness cues are because you're eating based on calories or macros. And sometimes that means stopping eating even when you're still hungry, or sometimes it means eating more even when you're not hungry, simply to hit a goal in your macros. So I'm not saying that it's not possible to trust your body. That's what you work through and getting there just takes some time. That's why if you have tried to go from extreme dieting to intuitive eating right away, chances are it's probably really hard and unsustainable. Maybe you've gained a bunch of weight and then your first inclination is to jump right back on a diet and you just keep swinging from one end of the pendulum to the other. I found that over the years, what helped me so much because I'm still a health conscious person, right? I still love how I feel when I eat whole nutrient-dense foods most of the time. So that's why I created GPF. GPF stands for greens, protein, and fat. That's what I structure every single meal around. I've done a podcast about it. Again, I'll link it in the show notes. You got so much homework to do today, girl. You're going to be listening to all my podcasts all day long as a refresher, okay? But essentially what that means is that I'm basing my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, and if I have snacks, I'm not a huge fan of snacking, I will center it around greens or vegetables in general, protein, and some healthy fats. Here is the way that I like to make intuitive eating fit into that. So that is a very clean, holistic approach to creating meals. But I always like to think of my treats as a plus one. And this is what I teach my clients too. So this is literally I walk the talk and I do all of these things. And this is what I teach my clients to do because it's what I have learned has worked over the years for multiple people and continues to work. So you have your GPF meal. Let's say it is breakfast time and you're craving some cereal. You're like, oh my God, I would love a bowl of cereal right now. Diet culture tells you, you can't eat cereal. Cereal's the devil. You're never going to be able to have cereal again. Intuitive eating tells you just have the bowl of cereal and that's all you can eat. Just eat as much cereal as you want. I like to operate in the middle ground. It's not as black and white. It's a little bit of a gray area, but how I like to structure that is I will still make sure that my meal includes greens, protein, fat, and then I have my cereal as a plus one if I'm craving it that day. So what that actually looks like is maybe I'll have 
have eggs and I'll have avocado and spinach. And then I will portion out just whatever the serving size is of cereal. So maybe it's three fourths to a whole cup. I'll have it with some unsweetened almond milk. Maybe I'll throw some protein powder in there for a little bit of extra protein. But then I'm still getting what I'm craving. I am giving my body what it's craving, what it wants. I'm enjoying my food. I'm not telling myself I can't have something. I'm just doing it in a very balanced and moderate way. So I work with my clients on a very, very practical level with little tips like that, making sure that all of your meals are centered around GPF and then you have a plus one if you are craving something. Even if you're going out to a restaurant, for example, so say you love pizza. Something I love to do when I get pizza is I order a salad with grilled chicken. I put olive oil and balsamic on it. First, I bring that out as the appetizer and then I have my pizza. So I'm still getting the taste of the pizza, but I'm really only eating one to two slices as opposed to just bringing out the pizza and I'm more likely to eat four to five slices and probably not feel great the next day. It's really just finding this balance between giving into what your body wants, which most of the time as you start to eat healthier, especially your body is going to crave those whole nutrient dense foods, but it's okay every once in a while to sprinkle in those treats as a plus one. So we go through the very practical elements about what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat, where to eat, why to eat, all of that stuff. That's pretty much building the foundation of the house, right? Because I believe that there are a few things that build the foundation of your house that are the big building blocks that we need to work on first. So number one, it's your nutrition. Number two, making sure you're getting enough sleep. Number three, making sure you're managing stress, which we will talk about in a few minutes and learning to deal with the stress in ways that don't involve food. And number four, 30 minutes of movement per day. You guys know I love my 30 minutes of movement in the morning. So I get all of my clients doing all of those things. That's just the foundation upon which we build the rest of our coaching. And then it kind of branches off into what each specific woman is struggling with. So if you're struggling more with body image issues, we might dive into social media and the closet trick that I'm going to go over in a bit. A lot of people are struggling with binge eating or eating really clean. And then on the weekends, they go balls to the wall. So I'm going to give you a tip on how I would work with someone through that. There are a few tips that I have people do when you are struggling with eating for reasons other than true physical hunger. Because like I said, when you've been dieting for a while, you are so out of touch with what actual hunger feels like. The first thing I have somebody do is just check in with themselves and say, am I really hungry right now? Do I feel physically hungry? So is my stomach growling? Has it been a few hours since my last meal? Do I have all the symptoms of true physical hunger, which again is different for every person? Or maybe they're just thirsty, so they drink a glass of water. But if they find, and the answer is no, I'm not truly physically hungry. Maybe they just ate an hour ago. What I'll have them do instead is say, what am I truly hungry for? So they know they're not hungry for food. Okay. So what is it that's making them want to eat right now? And here is where we make the biggest shifts because we learn to use food for true hunger. We don't use food as a way to cope with emotions. So I have them write down a list of emotions, the things that trigger their need to eat or their desire to consume food. Maybe people, when you ask, what am I really hungry for? It's connection or maybe they're lonely or they're bored or they're tired or they're anxious or they're stressed. So I have them write down all of their triggers on a left-hand side of the paper. And then on the right-hand side of the paper, I have them write activities that they can do when they are feeling those emotions that aren't food at all. When you break down the emotion, instead of just having this blanket list, I like to call it a self-care menu. Uh, Instead of just having one big self-care menu, which is like paint your nails or I don't know, go 
for a walk, do all those things. Those can be helpful, but sometimes you don't want to do any of those because you don't know what's actually going on. So if you can break down, if you can ask yourself, what am I truly hungry for right now? And you find out that you're you're feeling lonely and you're craving connection. You're not actually craving food. You just want to connect with another human. When you look at your trigger sheet and you see I'm craving connection, you have a few things that you can go to and do instead of eating. So maybe that's FaceTiming your parents or calling a friend or texting someone and saying, hey, do you want to go for a walk with me or do you want to go out to dinner or just listening to a podcast so you feel a little bit less alone. When you can break down what your trigger is, the emotion that causes you to eat, and then you have a self-care menu of all the things that you can do instead of eating, that is how you learn to deal with your emotions in ways other than food. And you can really check in with yourself and say, is this physical hunger or is this emotional hunger? Am I trying to fill a void by eating right now? And if so, what is that void and how can I fill it with something that's not food? So we get down, we get nitty gritty with all of those things. We help them create a self-care menu. So they have all of these solutions for when they are craving things that might not necessarily be food. And then I also like to help people identify their triggers. When are the times that you usually go off the rails, you go off the bandwagon? For example, again, you can create a sheet where on the left-hand side, you write your triggers and on the right-hand side, you write your solutions. The triggers might be, I come home after work, it's been a long day and I'm stressed out. And your solution, instead of coming straight home after work, maybe you go to a gym class first and then you come home. So you're switching up the habits. The way to change a habit is to break the pattern. So if you're always just used to coming home from work, you're stressed out, you grab a glass of wine, you end up drinking the whole bottle and you binge eat, then you need to break up that pattern by doing something else for a little while until that pattern is broken. Or for a lot of people, the trigger is being home alone. So it's unrealistic, right? To say that you're never going to be home alone again. But when you have that trigger and you know, okay, I know today after work, my partner isn't going to be there. So I'm going to be home alone. I'm going to be proactive about this and think, what can I do for when I get home? Can I plan a FaceTime date with somebody? Can I make dinner plans? Right when I get home, instead of going in the door, I'm going to lace up my tennis shoes and go for a walk and listen to a podcast. Again, you're breaking the pattern, but you're being proactive about it instead of waiting until you're in the situation and then trying to think of a solution because that never works. And it's really cool because eventually these things become your new normal. You just learn what it means to be physically hungry and you can honor that. You learn what you're actually craving, whether it's connection or you're anxious, lonely, tired, bored, whatever you need, you know how to fulfill your ways in ways that don't involve food. So again, we're building the foundation of the house and then there are different layers to this. So that would be another layer. And then I also like to have people take an audit of their whole entire lives. So first thing, what are you consuming on a daily basis? basis. What does your social media feed look like? Are you scrolling through and you're looking at all of these fitspo girls that maybe you followed a while ago because you like their workouts or you like their bikini body programs or you like the way their abs look and you think it's inspiring you? I have my clients take an audit of what actually lights me up. By following this person, do I feel better about myself or do I feel worse about myself? And be so unapologetic about unfollowing the people that don't make you feel your best. And Instagram and Facebook are really stepping up their game now because I know on Instagram there's a feature where you can mute somebody. So even if it's a friend that kind of triggers you and you don't know why and you don't have to know why, there doesn't have to be a reason, but you just don't feel better about yourself by following them, you can just mute them. But then be unapologetic about unfollowing and decluttering your social media feed so that you're only consuming things that light you up, that make you feel good, that inspire you to be a better version of yourself, not compare yourself to other people. So I don't care how much you like misfit buns down the street.
who's doing these booty blast workouts. If you look at her and you judge yourself based on her or you feel less than because you're consuming her content, unfollow her. There are plenty of other ways to get inspiration. Be your own damn inspiration, girl. Go to the gym, do your own booty program, okay? But unfollow all the people and be so relentless, so careful about who you let into your space. Just think of yourself as this, you have this protective bubble around you, right? And you don't want anybody permeating that bubble. It's like all these little things are trying to poke at your bubble all day. So your social media feeds, people who want stuff from you, all these people who are trying to take away from your joy and happiness, cut it out. Don't let them permeate your bubble, girl. Keep that bubble right. Keep that bubble tight. Okay. And then another simple one that just comes to mind is if you are living in physical clutter, that can contribute to a lot of anxiety and stress, which directly relate to the choices you make around food. So for example, if you come home after a long day of work and there's piles everywhere, you haven't done laundry, it's all in a ball in the corner of the room, and there's just so much mess and chaos and clutter in your home, what do you think you're going to do? You're going to go to the kitchen, you're going to be like, oh God, I need to clean. Okay, I'm just going to make something really quick. And then you end up sitting in your kitchen, picking out of peanut butter jars and just taking bites of different things. You don't even sit down and honor the time to make a true meal and just relax. You're just picking at things and doing all these things. And of course it translates to your food choices. I know it might sound counterintuitive or maybe it's something you never even considered before that your physical environment actually contributes to your food choices. But when you are anxious, when you're stressed, when you're overwhelmed, physical clutter adds to all of that. And of course your food choices are going to be affected by your emotions. Similarly, this is something I talked about in my clothing episode. I think it was called, Are You Hiding Behind Baggy Clothes? But essentially, I had this revelation with my client a few weeks ago where we pretty much went into her closet. Well, she lived in Ireland, so I didn't physically go into her closet, but I had her do this. And I had her donate or give away or sell all of the clothing that she no longer fit into. Because we as women, we hold on to these pairs of jeans or these dresses or these things that maybe we used to fit into when we weren't as muscular or when we weighed less. And every Every single time you go into your closet and you see those smaller jeans or the smaller dress, instead of inspiring you, it's actually just reinforcing you're not good enough. For example, when you scroll through your social media feed and you see this Fitzbo girl and you're not there yet, your subconscious goes, not good enough. When you walk into your closet and you see too small of a dress, your subconscious goes, not good enough. All of these things are permeating, they're popping your bubble. They're like, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. And those impact your food choices more than you know. Because when you're already operating from a place of anxiety, fear, depression, lack, not feeling good enough, of course you're not going to make healthy, health-conscious food choices. And you're just making it that much harder for yourself. That's why I take a very holistic approach to my coaching. Yes, I help you understand what your body needs in terms of nutrition and fueling yourself to make you feel good and have better workouts, but we take a very holistic approach. So we look at your social media feeds, the type of content you're consuming, the type of physical clutter that's going on in your home and how that's contributing to your anxiety and stress. We establish a mindfulness practice. So taking time for yourself in the morning before you head out into the world so that you can be more proactive to situations as opposed to reactive. And it's all about filling up your own cup so that you can clear mental space and you're not obsessed with food and body so that you can give your love, your affection, your attention to yourself and to the things that matter to you. So your family, your career, your relationships, all the things that have been put on the back burner because you've been so obsessed with food and your body for so long. So my purpose of my coaching literally is to clear up all that mental space. It's wild 
wild to me because once people get permission to eat in a way that nourishes their body and then they understand that they can have treats, they're not a bad person if they have treats every once in a while and how to do that in a very balanced and moderate way as opposed to either being completely on a diet or completely off the rails. (laughs) Once we learn how to operate that middle ground, that's such a beautiful place. And once we're there, it clears up so much mental energy. So I've had people who literally one of my clients decided she wanted to get her pilot's license because she had so much mental space and energy and time because she wasn't so obsessed with food in her body anymore. I have people who start new hobbies. I have women who attract relationships into their lives. All of these things that aren't possible when you're so self-absorbed with your own food, your own body, your own issues, because you can't really be of service to the world when you are so consumed with all the shit that's going on in your brain and in your body. I hope this resonates with you. I hope there's something, this is just the start of it. I could literally talk about this for hours and hours. I just thought it was such an interesting conversation because I don't think I've ever sat down and walked you through what a coaching process over the eight weeks might look like. And just so you know too, eight weeks is not enough time to completely transform every single aspect of your life. I do as much as I can and touch on as many areas as I can. And a lot of my clients end up transitioning into my mastermind program. I'm going to be opening up a group coaching program. Some people decide to work with me for a year so they have accountability and then we can really dive deep into the body image stuff or the career stuff or the relationship stuff or whatever we have cleared space for that they are now struggling with. Because the work is never finished. My work is never finished. I am not a sage from the stage. I'm not standing up here saying I have every single thing figured out and that's not my intention as a coach. My intention as a coach is to help you get to that middle ground so you're not either dieting or completely off the rails because I have been there. I know what it feels like to struggle. I know what it feels like to give up and just go back to a diet time after time after time after time because you don't believe you're worthy of success in your body and your relationships and your career and all this stuff and I'm here to be your personal cheerleader and tell you hell yes sister you deserve all of that and more so it's time to show up it's time to step into your worth I hope that you listen to this and you can take away maybe one or two tips to start implementing in your own life whether it's cleaning up your social media feed cleaning up your physical environment so that you have less stress doing your 30 minutes of movement in the morning eating gpf and I pray my prayer for you is that if you are struggling that you would just reach out either to me or to somebody you trust and just say hey I'm struggling I don't know exactly what's going on I'm not even going to pretend that I have it all figured out I just need help because once you are open to receiving help that's when the transformation starts to happen guilt and shame cannot live when you speak them aloud that's something that helped me recover from my eating disorder binge eating for three or four years of my life is when I finally talked to somebody about it and I was like listen this is very personal it's very vulnerable for me to share but I'm struggling I don't know what's going on I need some help and then that was the first step and it took me years and years and years and years anxiety and fears and struggles and they come up but now I have the tools to deal with them and so my bounce back is less and less and less and I don't struggle with binging anymore and if I do overeat I don't feel one ounce of guilt about it because I know that the amount of food I consume or what I'm consuming doesn't define who I am as a woman I'm still just as good of a friend and wife and daughter no matter what my body looks like but it is my responsibility to fuel my body in a way that feels aligned with what I want out of my life I want to have energy I want to have mental clarity I want to be able to show up in a powerful way in the world and that includes yes eating health conscious foods that's huge that plays a huge role in my energy but it also means not beating myself up and spending a whole entire day feeling guilty if I eat a bowl of cereal or 10 bowls of cereal you know what (laughs) who cares so I would love to help you find that middle ground if this is something you're like hell yes I just want to chat with you about this you can go to juliebrewer.com slash coach pencil yourself 
myself into my calendar, I would be more than happy to chat with you about this because it is my life's purpose to help you find and navigate that middle ground and live in that space where you eat and you're a health conscious person, but you're not obsessive about it. And you have so much mental energy, space, and clarity for all the things that are important to you, your life, your family, your relationships, all the things that don't involve just food in your body, because that's a very small way to live. And we showing up, we live in a big life. All right. So I hope you found this helpful and take something away. Let me know on Instagram, take a screenshot of this and share what you took away from this, what you're going to start implementing put yourself on the hook. And if you want to just chat with me about my coaching program, if this is like, I need you, Julie, please God help me. <laughs> Go to juliebewardcom slash coach and we can set up a time to chat and see if it's a good fit for you. All right. I love you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.